predictions reign supreme. We dive into what I believe are the only two outcomes for the Oklahoma State football team on Saturday. Big 12 After Dark got back together again to discuss the imminent Big 12 expansion with BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Plus, we break down the slate of Big 12 games for the weekend, all on today's episode of Locked on Pokes. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On College Network. I am your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked On Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked On Pokes. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we're going to talk a little bit Oklahoma State versus Tulsa predictions Oklahoma State is a 13-point favorite. I think there is one of two ways this game goes. I think either the offense continues to struggle against a good Tulsa defense, or we have a bounce-back game relying on the offense. I think the defense will keep us in every game this season, but the offense is going to need to take a step forward. They need to be on the field more often. They need to score more points. So I think heading into the game against Tulsa, we're either going to see the run game continue to struggle or we're going to see a bounce back game. Like I said, Tulsa's defense is a good defense. So there is a chance that our run game struggles against that front seven. If Spencer Sanders is back, it'll be his first live game play and no matter how hard you excuse me no matter how hard you practice there's just nothing that compares to a live game atmosphere so that's always kind of an adjustment if Spencer Sanders doesn't play that means another week of Shane Illingworth working in an offense that's built for a mobile quarterback worst case scenario against Tulsa the offense remains in a position where they're looking for an identity. And that's not a place we want to be heading into our final non-conference game against Boise State. So the alternative to that is that the offensive line comes angry. They come mad, out of the gate, ready to open some holes, get some ground game going for the Cowboys. I think that The offensive line is capable of it. Obviously, we saw how well they were at pass protection. So you go from standing a guy up to kind of getting a guy out of the way. I think we're plenty strong enough to make that happen, and they do come in angry. If L.D. Brown or Jalen Warren can break off a long run, even a 20, 30-yarder, it doesn't have to be a home run for a touchdown, 
But if they can make something happen on the ground, I think we will consider that a bounce back game. It's going to open up the passing game if we can get the the rushing game going. So that'll keep defense on their toes. It'll be a much easier way to beat the Tulsa defense if we can get both the air and the run game going. I think a lot of it will come down to if we get Spencer Sanders back. Of course, we're hopeful that he will be. Mike Gundy won't speak on it specifically, but I think we can assume for safety's sake that Spencer Sanders will be back in the lineup against Tulsa on Saturday. It's just going to come down to the offense. Like I said, the defense is going to keep us in games all year long, but if they're on the field constantly throughout the game, it's going to be hard for them to close out games for us. So the offense needs to prioritize staying on the field, winding some of that clock down, and scoring points. If we don't get in the end zone every time, I think that's fine. Field goals will get the job done with the defense that we have, but we have to put points on the board when we have the ball on offense. So it'll be really interesting to see if they continue to struggle against Tulsa's defense or if they can have that kind of bounce back game. I think if they bounce back, it will build confidence heading into our final non-conference against Boise State. We are going to Boise State, so it'll be nice to have one more game inside Boot Pickett Stadium with the noise and just the atmosphere that that brings. It really helps pump up, I think, the football players as well as as coaches and, and just all-around goodness that that atmosphere brings. I'm going to plant my flag firmly in the bounce-back game camp. I think that the offensive line comes angry. I think the running backs come angry. And Mike Gundy ran uh, practice all week like he was angry. So I'm looking forward to them really coming and just, for lack of a better word, punching Tulsa's defense in the mouth. Coming up, I talked with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12 and John Williams of Locked On Sooners about the imminent Big 12 expansion. But before that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure intimidating questioning and wait while someone orders the parts behind the counter on their computer when you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Let them know Locked On sent you and save time and money while using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving DIYers for over 20 years. I was in need of new windshield wipers after all the rain we've been getting, and they were easy to find on Rock Auto's website, Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Again, make sure to let them know Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I was lucky enough to link up once again with Josh Neighbors from the Locked On Big 12 podcast and John Williams from the Locked On Sooners podcast to discuss the almost imminent Big 12 expansion. Here's how that conversation went. 
you. Speaking of things that really we weren't prepared for um, and that have, have gotten us all the way here now, the latest on Big 12 expansion, as I put the header down there, uh, we've got news that came out tonight and came out from various sources, but I'm going to put a tweet up on the screen from Brett McMurphy saying that BYU, UCS, Cincinnati, and Houston have all officially applied for Big 12 membership, sources told Action Network. The Big 12 presidents will vote Friday to accept and will accept those schools. Resource, uh, excuse me, resources, sources said Yahoo first reported it. A news conference is scheduled Friday, a source said. So we appreciate Brett uh, citing sources. I feel like it's very important we do those things because sometimes the citing of sources gets difficult in these situations. But the big news here is the Big 12, it looks like, you know, don't want to put anything else, but it feels like it's it's basically a, a done deal. The Big 12 is going to add four teams. And, John, I'm going to go to you first on this because I want to ask you, if I was an Oklahoma fan, I, I would be like, okay, thank God, because before it felt like you might have been breaking up a conference, which kind of feels pretty crappy. But now you're like, okay, they're safe. I, I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit better. Yeah, I, you're you're kind of on the on the money on that one. You know, as much as I was excited about Oklahoma going to the SEC and the challenges that await them and the schedule, the future schedule that they're going to be playing, you did kind of feel kind of bummed, like losing Oklahoma State potentially as a, as a yearly matchup. Now I hope that they're able to, to retain that rivalry a little bit, but yeah, it, it was like, it was looking like the death nail and, you know, credit to Bob Bowlesby and the, the presidents and ADs from the big, the, re, the remaining eight for getting proactive about it. Cause I feel like that's something they didn't do a decade ago. And that's part of the reason that the big 12 kind of went the way it did, you know, just sticking at 10 and being in this position where it's like, Oh, we play everybody and kind of trying to, gain a little bit of pride off of that. It, it always felt just a little underwhelming to just have 10 teams in a 12 team conference. And I felt like they didn't really do enough in the last go around by just adding West Virginia, who I thought was a really good ad, yeah. a former big East power. And, but I think that was the time where you could have added a, a BYU if you could have convinced them like to stray from going or from staying independent um, or adding a Houston. I felt like, you know, especially 10 years ago, Houston was a, a much bigger deal than they are right now. And so, yeah, it it's the right thing to do. I think these are the right four teams. Uh, I think you can argue for a, a couple other teams that make sense. But these teams all make a lot of sense for the Big 12. Linda, do you see them sticking with the four? I know it had been talked about that maybe the Big 12 wasn't done. Do you like them going to the actual 12 and making it the right number, right? Not a Big 12 conference with 10 teams. Or are you kind of one of those people who's got an appetite maybe for a Memphis and Memphis SMU or, you know, pick, pick whoever else you'd like? I think, and maybe it's just because I'm anal retentive, Big 12 and having 12 teams feels right. <laughs> that being said, if, if they went out and added two more up and coming, like kind of becoming a talking point schools, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. But for my personal uh, mind, I would like 12 teams to be in the Big 12. Well, maybe now's the time for like a rebrand, right? If you right. add two more, you go to Big 14. You know, like you... you the fun 14. Yeah, the fun 14. Like <laughs> you erase like the kind of the stink of losing Nebraska and Texas A&M and Missouri and Colorado and Oklahoma and Texas as part of your legacy and you start something new with a fresh face of, you know, fresh group of teams that can take, you know, the, the conference into the future, I think. I think it's a great point because you think about the amount of, I mean, 
I really hadn't thought of it that way, but you think about the amount of attrition that this conference has undergone with the amount of teams that were in the big 12 and the amount of teams that have left the big 12. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about, you know, and, and eight mem- uh, remaining schools, you know, a couple of those are, are parts of expansion, right? I mean, mm-hmm. think about West Virginia and uh, uh, TCU, right? Those schools are kind of, those are, those are expansion schools that were added. So really the foundation of this conference and it's, it's kind of a two-way thing. Um, it's pretty crazy that they've survived. The bad thing is they've lost all these teams, right? They've lost all these big headliner, you know, not saying Missouri's been headliner, but Missouri's in the SEC now. Nebraska, Texas, A&M, you know, Oklahoma, all these schools. But they've managed to stay alive. And I think, yeah. John, to your point, like maybe a rebrand is in order because they've lost so much of that idea. Then at the end – what you're seeing now with what's happening is it's a bit more of a national conference, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be spanning from Provo, Utah to Orlando, Florida, right? All the way up to West Virginia and Cincinnati in the Midwest, down to Texas, to Baylor, to TCU. So yep. maybe that rebrand isn't or I just, it's a, it's a topic that I thought I'd maybe throw out there to you guys. Uh, what do you think? How about the big American conference? They had to kill the American first. They're going to have to kill I was, the, I think, the actual American conference first. Yeah, I was going to give it a much sillier name, so we'll just <laughs> we'll just go with what John said. I, I like Big American, though. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I think, you know, I love the idea of Cincinnati, right, getting West Virginia a partner in that part of the country because, let's be honest, their travel schedule sucks. Uh, it's yeah. really crappy and, um, you know, then also kind of expanding out more towards the West and, and, and BYU. And then also, you know, kind of adding a team, and not to mention the Florida, the Florida aspect's a little bit weird to get that in a second, but adding another Texas team. And I think the fact that it shows you the changing landscape of college, college sports, because we knew that relationship between Houston and the big 12 was not good. 10 years mm-hmm. ago, that was a really volatile, uh, bad relationship. 10 years later, when some of the still some of the same power brokers are actually still in place, they kind of have to come together, right? I mean, it's just kind of a, a, a sign of the times, if you will, that yeah. those two groups had to reconcile and come together because, look, there's, you know, the Titanic is sinking and the life rafts, <laughs> the life rafts are out there. You got to grab a hold. I, I want to get to the Florida piece of this because it's really interesting. I think the team that benefits the most from this is West Virginia because that's actually, well, Maybe benefits it doesn't because they recruit um, Florida very. Their best teams, their Pat Whites, their Sleeve Slayton teams, are well known for how many guys came from that part of the country. So maybe now it's bad because other schools are getting a chance at those players. But at the same time, you get some more face time in that place yeah. because you're actually going to be playing some conference games across all sports in that area. So Linda, I'll go to you first. Uh, what do you make of the UCF? Because they are kind of the one – they're displaced, right? There's no natural connection, landlocking connection, connecting them to other schools in the conference. Yeah, it's definitely a strange placement. That being said, like I'm stoked about UCF being a Big 12 school. I think they're – when you think about like an up-and-coming program, they're one of the first names that I would put on my list in terms of like national attention. They've certainly garnished that a lot in the last year or two. So I'm stoked about what they bring their, their place on the map is a little strange, but 
I mean, you're a college kid. You're like, well, I'm going to go to Florida to play a football game. Yeah, sign right. me up. So you can't be mad. Orlando, Florida, nonetheless, right? Orlando, Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, John, your thoughts on kind of the Florida aspect of this? Yeah, I think it's a great ad. I mean, like like Linda said, it's one of the up and coming teams in the you know American Athletic Conference. They're a team that you know they'll claim a national championship on you if you're not careful. Uh, but you know, it's. <laughs> You know, it, it's been a team that's had a lot of success. You know, Scott Frost, that's where he really made his name right. was at UCF. And then Josh Heupel had a couple, you know, 10, 12 win seasons. You know, and now they've got Gus Malzahn, like who's a big time, you know, college football coach, had a, a lot of success at Auburn. And so I think it's a huge ad for them. And then you go just to the recruiting aspect. It gives everybody in the Big 12 FaceTime in Florida in front of all these kids every week when they play UCF, they're going to be on television. And so these kids are going to get an opportunity to see Texas Tech, who they might not have seen before, get to see them in that all black, or get to see the, the fun uniform combinations that Oklahoma State likes to roll out. You know, it's, it's really, a, really a great ad. It's very strategic ad, I think, for the Big 12. So, and I know we're running a little long on this, but I mean, this is an issue we absolutely have to cover here. John, the one thing that, that's super interesting about this, and it pertains to Oklahoma, is that it appears the Big 12 power brokers, Bob Bowlesby and company and, and the, the conference presidents and, and, and leaders are angling to try to get these two, these four teams in and have at least one season where Oklahoma and Texas are involved in this too. Now, I've heard a lot of people in the Oklahoma and Texas spheres kind of poo-poo that, but – What's there out? How else? Because the, the really the big thing that was going to the, the kind of the hope almost for the, the right. But who's going to front the cash to get them out? That's the big yeah. thing. And we talked about it before. Maybe the SEC comes up with a way to, to get the, you know, to, to get the revenue package, basically, where they give more money to Oklahoma and Texas in the beginning to offset the cost of mm-hmm. leaving the Big 12 conference early. I don't know. I, I'm not a wizard when it comes to these things. Right. But I just want to get your thoughts on maybe the idea that, hey, look, there might actually have to be – if it's 2023, maybe there is one year where they cross over. I, I don't know. But I just want to get your thoughts on kind of maybe that idea. Yeah, I think the details on this are still going to be interesting to see how they iron out because it's going to be how they negotiate this contract. I mean, Oklahoma's bound by a contract and Texas right. is bound. So if they're going to want to get out of this, it's going to take lawyers and it's going to take a lot of negotiation and it's going to take a lot of money. Maybe Joe Castiglione is going to have to start a GoFundMe with his donors and get them all to throw in some cash to, to buy their way out of the big 12. But it'd be really interesting to see, you know, if they have one year of overlap, I mean, Oklahoma's tied in at least through 2024. So they could have several more years in the big 12. I don't see that happening. I do think that, you know, yeah, there's, they're contractually obligated to play, but I just feel like it'd be way too awkward for the Big 12 and te- or for Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12 really to continue to play this string out for the next few years, even though it'd be to the Big 12's benefit to ha- get that revenue. I think it just creates this awkward situation where potentially Oklahoma and Texas are your Big 12 champions the next three, four years. And then it's like, all right, we're walking out the door, kind of like CM Punk, you know, taking the WWE title out the door. You know, it, it, it just creates a little bit of awkwardness. Uh, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, Linda, what do you think as I let my dog out because he is whining? <laughs> um, well, I don't think Texas is winning any, any, uh, big 12 championships. So I'm not too terribly concerned with that aspect of it, but I do agree. I don't, I don't see a world where 
they're actually there the entirety of the contract. I just, I've been going at this season as like a one last ride, kind of like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. This is, this is it. And we're going to do it. And I think after that money is, you know, fake anyway, they'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> I love to hear you say that. That's, that's exactly how well, I feel about I the mean, salary cap. It's all fake. Maybe, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost, it's, yes. It's yeah. like the NFL salary cap. It's like, it's, it's fictional. It doesn't actually, it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> I actually think Linda, like to your point, like it might get to the point now where the, the money involved in these contracts is so silly. And like the projections get so stupid, that like Oklahoma and Texas, like sure we'll pay our outs. Like it's going to be fine for us in the long run. Yeah. Um, does anybody else have any closing thoughts on this before we move on to our next topic? Or I think we uh, we hit this pretty well. I love the ad of BYU. I mean, that's yeah, such a too. great great team to add. Such a, a national presence, really an international presence. Mm-hmm. And I think that really raises the game for the Big Twelve Conference. I feel like you know I think Houston's a great ad, big media market. I wrote about it over the Sooners Wire. You can check that out and get all my other thoughts. But I think the team that probably feels left out of this is, is, is SMU. Natural, natural rival with TCU right there, the Dallas Metroplex. But, yeah, I think – It's too small of a school. It's got to be why, right? I mean, there a lot of money there, yeah. but it's not a big school. The only thing I maybe thought was just redundancy, you know, a media market redundancy, whereas right. adding Houston gets, gives them a new foothold in the national landscape or in Texas in particular. Yeah, and we just saw also, too, we just saw this past weekend a game between Texas Tech and Houston in a big stadium, right? So, I mean, you know, that's yeah. just an example. That, Linda, you got any closing thoughts on this before we move on? Nope, totally agree. BYU and, and I, like you said, they just bring such a big fan base. I think that's, that's definitely the best ad. And having Houston be one of the uh, biggest metropolitan area, areas in the nation, uh, getting, that, getting a foot in that door is fantastic. So, agreed on all fronts. Next up, Josh, John, and I broke down the Big 12 slate of games this weekend. But first, let me tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show, Sweatblock. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. There is a dry shirt guarantee Living in Oklahoma between the heat and the humidity, sweat is a problem. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. Plus, it works for up to seven days with one use. Wear what you want to wear with confidence. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. Or at Amazon and CVS. This is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether you're presenting something at work or going on a first date, use Locked On on SweatBlock.com for a 20% discount. Again, that's Locked On on SweatBlock.com for a 20% discount. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's that time of year again when all eyes turn to football as players return to the gridiron. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now on BetOnline.ag. 
Be sure to take advantage of promo code Locked On to receive a 100% welcome bonus. If you've been jonesing to make your first NFL bet like I have all offseason, now is your chance for the September 9th Cowboys vs. Bucks season opener. If you're new and lose, betonline.ag will refund your wager up to $25. If football isn't your taste, you can bet anything from basketball to baseball and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for your welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Josh, John, and I also spoke about the Big 12 slate of games this weekend. Here is how that conversation went. All right, let's look ahead to week two. So for your all's teams, Oklahoma's got Western Carolina. John, no offense, we're not really going to touch on that one too, too much. Uh, Linda, you guys, uh, Oklahoma said they've got Tulsa, so not going to touch on that one too much. The one that we've got to touch on, obviously, this is the big one. Uh, El Asico, right, as it's, as it's been nicknamed. Iowa State, uh, the, the, what's it, the Cyhawk Trophy, but the, the fun nickname is El Asico, between Iowa State and Iowa. But you can't call it that anymore because game day is going there, right? Get, college game day is going there, and this is the test of all tests for Iowa State. Not only because Iowa is a good football team, not only they smoked Indiana last week, Matt Campbell has not beaten uh, Iowa at all in Ames or anywhere else. And it's been, you know, over five or six years, uh, three or four trips since Iowa State has done the deed against Iowa at home. So that's where my focus goes automatically. John, are you with me on this? Yeah, it's the game of the week. I mean, ESPN thinks so. The nation will think so. It's the biggest game of the conference. And, man, if Iowa State doesn't play any better than they played against Northern Iowa – right <clears throat> northern iowa they're going to get run out of the field it's just it's going to be a i mean it's going to be a blowout i think they will play better i think matt campbell will have that team i mean remember this is a team that lost the first week of the season last year and we thought oh man iowa state's done and then two weeks later they go and they beat oklahoma perennial so, slow starters yeah yeah uh linda i i'm super excited for this game i love love a game that is anticipated to be a close matchup um but yeah like you guys said if if Iowa State doesn't come out with a little bit more gusto it's going to be a problem and it can turn into a problem quickly I think against Iowa so they're going to have to come fast and come hard I'm so sorry and I think it'll be a fan but I think it'll be a fantastic game I, I hope it's I hope it's as close a game as uh as everybody's anticipating. Well, it's interesting. This game, the lines got, it came out with like two and a half lines, Iowa state by four and a half. I think people, I think people see this number and what I see there, and I'm kind of with the public four and a half, I'd be too far. This game's usually pretty close. I'm thinking though, if Iowa state can get a lead, I'll take my chances with Iowa trying to come from behind, trying to throw the football with Spencer Petrus. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It with that game. I said it earlier this week, but, um, you know, I think number one, that's, that's where our, all of our minds are going to that game. I, I know you, uh, you had a list of what else do we have this week, Linda, in terms of uh, games coming up here? A bunch of games. I know Texas Southern's playing somebody 
in the Big 12. This is, this is how unprepared I am. I have not gotten a full look at next week's Big 12. So I know there's a bunch of games between teams playing lesser opponents, uh, but what else do we have on tap this week that you guys are looking forward to? Just throw anything else out there. I think the Texas-Arkansas game might be fun. I think it's it's the uh, next closest uh, like over-under on, right, on yeah. the list of – on the slate of games this weekend. But I think it will be a good game to see if Texas can kind of stay on track and, and you know, they're back. They are, always are. So I'm, I'm, I like watching new quarterbacks get, a, uh, get the hang of things. So I'm excited for that game. John, can I interest you in Coastal Carolina and Kansas on Friday night? <laughs> you actually read my mind. That was the yes. thing that I was thinking about. 27 I mean, point underdogs are the Jayhawks. I'm taking that. I'm taking, I'm taking the Jayhawks. It's really hard for me to not take 27 points if I'm yes. if I'm betting. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna advise anybody to do that, but it's really hard for me to lay those points. However, I mean, to me, the Big 12 is more fun when Kansas is good. You know, mm-hmm. when the waving wheat is just rolling through the stadium, that's just good times. I don't care that they rush the stadium or rush the field after know. beating – who was it? I, I can't remember now. South Dakota. South Dakota. I was going to say Southern Iowa because we just talked about Northern Iowa, but South Dakota, thank you. And so, I, I mean, I think Coastal Carolina beats them. But I'm really curious to see, can they make this a game? Like Lance Lippold, it's his second game as the Kansas head coach. Like what kind of progress can he make in year one? That's that's really what I'm curious for because the better the bottom end of your conference is, the more respect you get. And they need the Big Twelve needs Kansas to start carrying the weight a little bit. They need them to improve as a as a team. Um, Kansas Coastal, Tulsa, OK State, Iowa, Iowa State, Long Island University against West Virginia, Stephen F. Austin, Texas Tech, Texas Southern at Baylor, Southern Illinois at Kansas State, Texas at Arkansas, uh, Cal at TCU, and then Western Carolina at Oklahoma. This is that classic week two lull. I will say TCU needs to keep it on track against Cal. Cal had took a bad loss last weekend, but it's still a good, decent Cal defense. Um, and then all those other teams need to keep themselves on track as well. Oklahoma State, only 13 points. It's not very big against a, a which would be a bad Tulsa team at, at home. Went a little nervous for that line. Yeah, I'll be a nervous wreck by, and it's an 11 a.m. game too. So if it goes bad, it'll ruin my whole day. Can't wait. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for another Orange Friday. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Go Pokes!